Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. I want to thank Andrew as we begin here tonight. I want to thank Andrew for the word uh, that you gave uh, last Wednesday night uh, about the truth, the truth uh, that is truth, not my truth, but uh, the truth that exists and, and uh, uh, the things that, we, that uh, uh, we need to be discerning of uh, regarding uh, all the different distractions and the, the different views and opinions of this world, we can stand on the word of God. In every regard, we can stand on the word of God and that we would filter things according to the word of God, that it would be according to the word that uh, we live our lives and that you would never uh, adjust to the, to the views of this world. Don't adjust to the views of this world, regardless of what they may offer you or say, what about this and what about that? Just re remember of where you're headed, your future in Christ. And um, so I want to thank Andrew for that uh, word last, last week. And, uh, and for you that were here last week, take that in. Beautiful thing is, if you missed it, uh, you can watch it online, as I did. Uh, I watched it online, and, and the service on Sunday watched online as well. Uh, thank God for the technology we have. Tonight, I, I'm continuing this series on Made in His Image, and there are so many things that I could be speaking about. But the Lord, very early on at the beginning, uh, even as we go into the very first chapter of, of Genesis, we recognize the fact that God made us in his image. It says, let us, this triune God, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness and let them have dominion. And we recognize dominion that we have as uh, men and women uh, when it comes to our, our existence and the things around us, but also uh, what God is placing in our hands. And so it says in verse 27, it says, So God created man in his image, in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And so first there was the, the, uh, the forming and fashioning and, uh, of Adam and breathing life into him. And after Adam, uh, God took from him uh, that rib and fashioned and formed uh, Eve and all have descended from these two um, going through uh, Noah and his family as well at the flood. So uh, we were created in the image of God in a, d a number of different ways and so one of them are, is the aspect of relationship and desiring relationship. So we talked about that a few weeks back, and this is part four of this series. So if you missed any of these, you can go back. Uh, the fact that we, uh, he is an amazing God in creativity and, and the intricate design of who we are. And uh, also spoke last time on the life and our life and the most important questions of life and tonight i want to i want to talk about this aspect of eternity and the fact that we are made in his image 
and we are eternal. Now, we have a beginning point in the mind of God, and even as he, as he knew that we would exist before time began, uh, we were created by him, and, but there was a starting point for us. And um, each year we have a reminder of that starting point in our birthdays. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a milestone in my short life and uh, recognizing that just in a few uh, days I'm going to be hitting 60 years of age. And so I'm, I'm just recognizing this thing of, wow, uh, yeah, 60 years ago uh, was came into this world, and um, this world has never been the same. So that's what happens when we enter. It's never the same once we are born. And uh, so God made us to be eternal. And the question tonight, one of them, or the main question tonight is, where, where am I going to spend eternity? And... Uh, uh, so if you're watching online, that, that is a huge question, is where will I spend etern eternity? Because I am an eternal being. And there's a lot of people that think that, you know what, once you die, that's it. You cease to exist. And what a sad way of looking at life. As in, you know what, once I die, it's all done. It's like, oh my goodness. Then you really are conscious of, of time and the fact that you only have so much time left. If, you, if there is no eternity, if there's nothing after, there's no life after death, there is, what a, a depressing thing, especially as we recognize, oh, I'm getting older and I've only got so much time left. And even with that, we recognize, you know what, our life can very quickly end. We don't know when our life is up. We don't know. And I... Uh, so we, we need to live our lives in such a way that we know where we're going to spend eternity. So I, I don't want to talk so much about the fact, well, uh, is there life after death and all of these things. According to the word of God, there is. And so I want to get into this immediately and jump into this. It says in Hebrews 9, verse 27 and 28, it says, As it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. So it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. In fact, the moment you die, you are judged. You will be judged. And today we can know what we need to do to be ready for an eternity with the Lord. So there's a judgment. It says, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. So those that eagerly look for the coming of the Lord. Now, I don't know about you. I, I'm looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Are you? It's like, oh, Lord, come quickly. And I recognize that, uh, I've said it many times, I've said, Lord, hold on, don't come yet. We still have a work to do. Lord, let us finish that work before your return, truly. Uh, even with that, there's, there's a longing within me for the returning of the Lord, for being called to be with him. So Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. 
In Revelation 20, verse 11, it speaks of a time coming. It has not come yet. And so I've already mentioned that the moment you, a person dies, there's a judgment that takes place immediately because they are in one of two places. And you will see that in this passage where they are. Those one of two places, okay? It says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, this is Revelation 20, verse 11, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we recognize that when we die, we either are with the Lord immediately or we are separated and we are in Hades, hell. And then there's this point coming. So right now, there are people that, uh, for instance, Vincent just passed away last Thursday. And he is with the Lord. He's in the presence of the Lord. His spirit and soul are with the Lord now. And so those that have passed beforehand that are uh, of the Lord, and we'll get into that tonight, uh, are with the Lord when they die, the moment they die. We, as we would die as believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we are with the Lord. If we do not make a decision before we die, and we, we die immediately, and that decision, we'll talk about that again tonight, uh, that decision then results in us spending uh, or being in hell up until this point of judgment, the great white throne judgment. And uh, I've mentioned in the past, should the trumpet sound tonight, there's 107 or 1,007 years before the white throne judgment. We know that the, the um, tribulation uh, will be seven years. We will be with the Lord. And those that are not of the Lord will be left behind here and the wrath of God will be poured out. And then after that, there will be the millennium, which is 1,000 years. And we will be ruling with the Lord here on this planet. At the end of the thousand years, there will be a judgment, the white, great white throne judgment. And every person that ever existed in all of time will stand before the Lord. It says the books will be opened. There's going to be a judging according to everything that is written of every single act that we may have done. It's not been taken care of uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. There will be... Um, and making account of those things before the Lord. And then uh, in those whose names are not written in the book of life, are not found written in the book of life, are cast into the lake of fire, which is not the same as hell. It is the lake of fire was meant for Satan and, and the demons, and um, they will already be there at that point. So... Uh, now, I know it sounds a little bit dark uh, when it comes to, 
to uh, eternal life, but to spend eternity in hell or in Hades or then into in the lake of fire afterwards. Uh, yeah, we want to be very serious and to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. John 3, 16, you know the verse that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now you might say, well, who is saying this? This is Jesus speaking. Jesus is speaking here to a religious leader, Nicodemus. And so he's saying things to a religious person that, that should know these things, but doesn't. Be interesting to know if Nicodemus made it. We don't know. We're not told. I would pray or I would hope that he made a decision to follow Christ. For everyone practicing Oh, and this is a condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Why? Why would they hate the light? Those that are practicing, why? There's an exposing. There's an illuminating of where a person is at. And so if a person doesn't want to change their ways, they say, ooh, I stay away from the light. I don't want to be exposed. I want to hang on, do the things, and I'll do them in darkness and in secret. And, uh, yeah, so they don't come into the light, lest their deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So we have this, this uh, uh, illuminating that takes place in and through Jesus Christ. So, eternal life, we, spend, we will spend eternity with God or apart from Him. And that is for every single person on this planet. We will either be saved from our sins or we will be condemned because of our sins. Because we rejected the only one that could save us. Now, before I get into the main part of today, just some questions or some uh, opportunities for you. When it comes to eternity, what is it that you're looking forward to as a, as a follower and a child of God? Anybody? What are you looking forward to? Okay, so to actually see Jesus, to see, we'll see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we will have an opportunity. In fact, Vincent is being blown away even tonight and just overwhelmed by the thing of being in the presence of God. Someone else tonight. To have a new glorified body. So a body that is, there's no more pain. There's no more weaknesses. There's no more suffering. There's nothing of limitation. We will have a brand new transformed glorious body that is eternal. All right. So that, that is amazing. Yeah, Abby. A mansion. So I don't know about you, it's like uh, there are, are 
in heaven and even in this, uh, this place, the new Jerusalem, uh, that is, is going to be the new, a new heaven and new earth. He is taking, it's more of a transforming of what has fallen to the way it should be and should have been. To a certain extent as was, but then also the added things that were not even in the time of, of Adam. But the Lord is looking to transform this earth and there would be even a transforming and a renewing of, of heaven, of heaven itself. But to have the fact that there's a place for us, the Lord has, has made a place for us. And I'm sure uh, he will know exactly what we would like and what we would want. Yeah, done. What's that? So... So, so, so you're you're looking forward to this thing, or or some of the things that you're thinking. Well, I've I've already been there. I've already experienced this. So, so, all right. So just so deja vu. So there's a question I've never had that regarding eternity, but uh, to understand uh, and even maybe some of the things. For instance, speaking of, of deja vu, I can remember there, this was, uh, I was still a teenager in my late teens, and um, I, had, I had come home from uh, work. Uh, I think I, at that point I was working at General Motors as a student. And, um, and so I was on, the, on three different shifts for like three months straight, and it was like, working every day, literally, for 88, 89 days straight, not a day off, and working three different shifts. So I can remember one day waking up, and I was awakened in the middle of a dream. So the thing about being awakened uh, in the middle of a dream is you remember it, right? And so I remember seeing this, it almost looked like a Aurora Borealis type uh, of wall that was before me and went straight up as high as I can see this wall and this and then behind the wall it continued on and we recognized I'm thinking have I seen or is this the new Jerusalem am I seeing a piece of the new Jerusalem and at that moment and I think it was part of the dehumidifier just starting up in my room that awakened me. It was starting just this swooshing sound that started up. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, is this a rapture? Am I being caught up at this point? You know? And so, um, but this thing of, of maybe some of the things that the Lord revealed to us, uh, has given to us in dreams or visions or whatever, I will say, oh, I've been here or I've seen that already. Some deja vu for sure. Um, anything, anyone else? Seeing loved ones? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Teresa? Okay, so you're, this is from the Catwoman. Great big lions and tigers and big cats, whatever kind. So uh, just this, this thing of the different things of creation uh, and as I read last, uh, last or was it two Sundays ago? Two Sundays ago, this thing of, of creation giving praise and worship to God. 
creation. It talks about the creatures that are on earth, under the earth, in the sea, giving worship to God. So uh, those uh, animals that uh, were not, uh, they didn't ask to be put in that the situation they're in, in a fallen world, but are looking forward to our the, the glorious liberty of the children of God. Praise God. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay, streets of gold. Yes. So the pavement. Can I, can I just say this? I, I was, if you've never been to Edmonton, it has this, this highway that goes all the way around it. So it's like one big circle. And the city is inside of it. And uh, what I found was that uh, my mom mentioned it. She says, do the lanes seem wider here in, Edmund, or in Edmonton than they are in, in Ontario? And it was like, yeah, good observation. They are, they seem wider. But the thing that hit me was that all around, whether it was in the median, which was about 100 meters wide, or on either side going 100, 200 meters, 300 meters, on either side of the highway, everything was cut. And every single, there was no, you know, you have a stump or a post or whatever, and you have grass growing because they couldn't get close enough with the, with the, uh, the cutting equipment. The, no, every single post, everything was cut. Like, it's like somebody went out there and they cut everything around every post. And it's like, okay, this is amazing. So streets of gold. And it talks, I know there's one view as I was looking at a, a different commentaries regarding the, those streets of gold. We know that there's how many gates around the, uh, the, the New Jerusalem? Anybody? There's 12. How many on each side? Three, three on each side. And it says that there's this river that's flowing and there's trees on either side of that river and there's, there's a, a, a paved section to it, pro probably of gold with the trees that are leaves for the nations that are on the outside of the New Jerusalem. So there's going to be nations and kings and they're going to have to come and it says they will take of the, the leaves that will bring healing and sustenance to the people. And so it's like the, the view of this, this one individual was that there's a, a river flowing through each one of the, the 12 gates with that road. So not just one, but 12 going out each one of the gates as it splits off. And the people being able to come and take of the leaves for the healing of the nation. Say, where are those people from? Anybody? Where would those people be from that are not in the New Jerusalem? Anybody? So one thought is this, is that th those are all the people that in the millennium, all those that were born and lived uh, for, for hundreds of years and whatever throughout the millennium, because things will change. And so it's those people. Can you imagine a thousand years and the multiplication of, of individuals as they, they have children and, chil and they have their children and so on for a thousand years? And there's a life that's continuing on. We know that Satan will be released for a short period of time and he will deceive the nations. But those that are not deceived, those, whether it's nations or whether it's individuals, will not be going up and coming against the, the, the Jer new, uh, Jerusalem. You can read of it in, in Revelations 20. 
there's only three, I think, three verses that are on this that, that talk about that there was fire that came out from, from, from God and, and they were all destroyed. So, but there are those that are left after that were not part of, they did not receive the mark of the beast. They were resisting the, the things of this attempt by a worldwide government. Just let me say there's going to be attempt. It will not take place. Will not take place. The Antichrist will not rule the entire world. So we can read of that in scripture. The fact that he's for the first three and a half years he's fighting. And he, he needs to overcome three of the, the nations that are against him. So he overcomes them. He'll also then, it says, tidings from the north will come. So there's going to be others coming from the north, coming down to come against them. So he'll go and fight them. In the meantime, this is when he's already exposed as the Antichrist in the middle of the three and a half years. And, and the, the Jews will go flee to Petra and will be taken care of while he's doing all these other things. Why? Because people are resisting. They're coming against the Antichrist. So not everybody will receive the mark. So I, some of the teachings out there really don't line up with Scripture. And those people that say, no, we want nothing to do with that and, and are not part of that, uh, will most likely be part of those nations and individuals and, and kingdoms or kings that are on the outside of the New Jerusalem. We will live in the New Jerusalem. Okay? Anybody else? Okay, sorry. Yeah, Peter? salvation so to see those that have played an important role in our salvation absolutely and they've gone clarence okay so a revelation of the of the word of god and the promises of god and, and the things that we we see in part we reveal to us fully yeah So a lot of, I, I think I mentioned this last time or last in the last few sessions, one of the sessions that we had, the fact that there is a fulfilling. So since Israel became a nation, it says this generation will not pass away until, the coming, until all things come to pass. So things are very quickly coming to pass, prophecies uh, coming to pass. Uh, it's been 75 years. So a, per, a generation is three score, 10 or 70 years. And then if you live beyond that, it's, it's definitely a bonus. Even 10 years beyond, that's a bonus. Most people, by the time they hit 80, we've been, have been very, very fortunate to live or people to live past 80 into their 90s and so on. But basically, the generation, we're running out of time, truly, before the coming of the Lord. And so it is, in one way, it's, it's very exciting. In another way, it's like, yeah, we got work to do, for sure. Um, okay, I, I want to get into this, uh, to John chapter 6. And regarding life now, and the fact that we as believers, now, a large part of this passage has to do with the unbelievers, but it can also be for those that are believers say, you know, I don't really believe. It's not that important. So when it comes to life now, 
It says, this is John 6, 26 and 27. It says, Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So we have uh, in chapter 6, the beginning of chapter 6 is about the, the five loaves and the two fish. And the crowds were there and, and Jesus said, you know, hey, we got to feed these individuals. Can they be fed? And it's like, are you, one of the disciples says, are you serious, Lord? It's, it would cost, like not even 200 denarii would cover the cost of, of feeding these people. And, and I think a denarii was one day's wage, full wage. So it's not just for your lunch. It's, we're talking your entire wage times 200 would not be able to feed the crowd, all right? So, so the, Peter says, well, there's, there is a boy here who has five loaves and two fish. Jesus, bring him, bring him here. And he said, set, set all the men, we're not even talking the women and the children. So set the men and, and, and it would have been their families together with them. And there was 5,000 just the men. So if they were there with their wives or wife and their children, uh, there could have been 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. And Jesus prayed, and they began to hand out these, these five loaves and fish. And how many baskets were left over of what, what was left over? Does anybody remember in this story? Twelve. 12 huge baskets of what was left over. So there was an enough, enough to feed everybody and then some. And so we have this, this passage. And uh, after that, when they saw this, they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this truly, the prophet who has come into the world, and therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come, this is verse 15, and take him by force and make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. So they wanted to, it's like, oh man, do you see what he just did? He should be our king. And they wanted to take him. They were going to take him by force and, and say, hey, you be our king. And so he removed himself because... When it comes to the things of life, and I just want to say, we, we can look at things just from the physical perspective, and we don't look at the spiritual. We look at the temporal or those things that will come to pass or, or are fleeting versus something that is eternal. Now, we're talking about eternal life today. We're talking, where am I going to spend eternity? And... We need to recognize that we are eternal beings, and so, are, so is every single person that ever lived and is living at this point in time. They are eternal beings. And the, the question is, where will they spend eternity? And a lot of times we are looking at things from a temporal point of view, as in short term, like right now. So I'm looking at things short term. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, Tonight, I'm supposed to have a, 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 van, a, a truck, and it didn't come in. So tomorrow, it's like, 
okay, I was hoping that there could be some help in, in filling that truck. Tomorrow, I'm looking at things temporarily and saying, you know, there's a good chance that I'm doing this by myself. I'm loading this truck by myself tomorrow because it's short notice. People didn't have a chance to know about this. So I'm looking at things temporarily, as in short term right now, in where I'm at, right? And the Lord in this passage is saying that we should not be looking at things. If we have that perspective, we're going we're, we're gonna to be falling short. We're going to be, life is going to become uh, very difficult for us because it's, it's day-to-day type existence. You might say, well, that's where I'm at. I'm at a day-to-day type of existence. But I'm looking at things from a temporal perspective rather than an eternal perspective. And so Jesus, in this chapter, gets very specific in how we should be looking at life. So we can look at the wrong perspective. We can look at things physically rather than spiritually. We can look at them temporarily, like right now, and... You know, how's, how are things going to, what's going on here with, with my life? Rather than looking at it, where I'm at, where am I at for the eternity of my life? I'm not saying that we dig a, a hole and stick our head in it and just say, well, we're oblivious to everything and, and I don't need to care, worry about this or that or care about this or that. But um, we're going to see here that in this chapter as we, we close it off, there are some things that uh, Jesus is saying, you need to get the bigger picture. All right? So, let me read again um, from verse 26. So, at this point, Jesus, he, he takes himself away from the crowds. His disciples get in the boat. They go across the lake or the sea to Capernaum. And uh, the people saw that he had not gone in the boat. And there's some that had come by boats, and they're looking for Jesus. Man, we need Jesus, and, and uh, we want for Jesus to take care of, our, of us. And so Jesus, it was, that, it was at that point that he walks across the, uh, the lake during the night or the sea, and then he gets to the other side with his disciples, or, or they get to the other side very immediately. It says the, the boat was at the land where they were going as they received them in. It was like, boom, one moment they're here, next moment they're already at the other side as they received them in. Talk about uh, moving forward quickly. Uh, we tend to do that oftentimes, or we would tend to do that with the Lord being a part of our lives, received into our life. So on the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no, one, no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias, near the place where they had ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, uh, other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, now here's what the, the passage that I read earlier. Most assuredly, I say to you, you are looking for me. You seek me not because you saw the signs, the miracle of, of the multiplication of the food, the five loaves and the two fish, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. That's why, because you, it's, you're, you're looking at things or you're, you're, you just want your stomach filled. 
Do not labor for the food which perishes. Don't work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. So do the things that will last for eternity, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father set his seal on him. All right. So now there's this, there's this conversation going back and forth. And it's interesting. Jesus doesn't let up. Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? We want to do these kinds of things. Jesus answered and said to them, this, listen, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. You want to do the work of God? Believe in the one that the Father sent or that God sent. That is the work of God. If completing the work of God is believe. Believe in the one in whom he sent. In Hebrews eleven six 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith it's impossible to please God. God is a rewarder of those that dil diligently seek him. Okay, so going back to this text, verse 30. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? So perform some signs so we can believe in you. What, in other words, what prove yourself and what can you do for us, really? Our fathers ate the man in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So the bread is not manna. The bread from heaven, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. If we look at things temporary, temp temporally, it'll be just like Jesus does not, is not important then. The things of the Lord are not important. And for the unbeliever, ah, Jesus, really? And so even this crowd, watch this crowd, and even those that followed him up to that point, we'll see what happens. Because we can get to the same place where we don't look at things anymore. We just look at things from moment to moment, from day to day, and look at myself and where I'm at. My Jesus, you got to do something for me. You got to do something in my life. What sign are you going to perform then that we may see it and believe you? Our fathers, yeah, they had manna in the desert from Moses. No, came from the Father. And he is, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. Now listen. When the disciples said, or when he said to the disciples, put them in groups of 50. I want you to put them in groups of 50 and, and organize them out on the grass on the, on the side of the hill. And so they're organizing in, in groups of 50. And it's like, Okay, so where, like, why is he doing this? I'm sure there was a question, like, what, what's going on here? They saw 
him, bring five loaves of bread and two fish, and that it would miraculously continue to, to divide, continued. And they're, they're seeing the crowds being fed by this miracle, this miracle of the Lord. They saw it happen. They were right there. I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to my own, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me, my Father. This is the will of the Father who sent me. Listen. That of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and will, I will raise him up at the last day. You're going to have life. You have life in and through Jesus Christ. You have everlasting life. You have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And we will be raised up at the last day. Now, our spirit and soul, the moment we die, goes to be with the Lord. And at the trumpet, our spirit and soul will be connected with a transformed, immortal body. That will last forever and ever and ever. Now, look at, look at now well, what happens. There is a rejecting of Jesus and faith in him, even though they saw the miracles. Because they were just looking at the immediate. What can you do for me now? And so, even with the miracles and knowing that this was not just an ordinary man... The Son of God, they are openly now rejecting and making excuses. Then the Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is, this, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? This is, we know Jesus. This is Joseph and Mary's son. I don't know about you. I've not seen, ever seen anybody um, feed 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. I've never seen that. Like, that's quite a miracle. And they're denying, no, no, this is just an ordinary person. We're rejecting, we're rejecting this Jesus. Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. So this is another time that he's referring to this raising up at the last day, at the resurrection. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He, ha he has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread. So that bread doesn't cause or allow you to have eternal life. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. 
That's me. You eat of me, you will not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So we see this thing of life that is coming through Jesus Christ and specifically through his body that was broken and his blood shed for us because the Lord goes even further. Like talk about Jesus, you're not really helping to make disciples with what you're saying here. The Jews therefore called among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Now, it's interesting before I go on here. When it comes to a person that's dying, what, do you, what happens to their appetite? Huh? They don't feel like eating. They don't feel like eating anymore. They stop eating. Even when it comes to drinking liquids, they, they, it's very difficult. They're fine. See, it almost seems like they're fine not drinking. So there's th this thing of, of you don't care when you're dying for the temporal anymore. I find that interesting. You don't care about the temporal. You don't care about the things that, that will just come and go. That there would be a faith in Jesus Christ in our lives, and especially as we face death. Interesting. I just found out today, I was talking to our sister regarding her husband. And she mentioned something to me. I had gone in to see Vincent. And I had felt prompted, I need to go see Vincent. So this was about a month and a half ago, a month, month and a half ago. And while I was, I, I, I spent some time with him. I talked to him. I'd read a passage of scripture to him, prayed with him. So I was with him for maybe, I don't know, maybe 40, 45 minutes at that point. And so I was getting ready to go. And just where he was, he was in the ward of four. There were four people in that ward. And each one had curtains dividing off the bed. So I couldn't see. I, I saw the person that was across from him because the door was there and, and coming through and, and so the, the curtain was dividing. I could see the first person, but I couldn't see the other two and the other, the ones that were further back in the room because he was closer to the front, in the front right. And so when I was finished, there was this uh, calling, hey, can you, are you a pastor? Can you come talk to me? And so I went and I spoke, I went to this man his name was Dan. He was in his early, mid-70s. And I find out that this man is a minister, former pastor, and also was a chaplain for many years in the uh, de detention centers. He was, he was a chaplain. And he was saying, I'm struggling with, with facing death. I'm struggling with this. And I, I just, I spent probably at least 45 minutes or more with this man, and I just was there to strengthen his faith. And so I found out this morning, this morning I find out 
that that man, because Vincent had talked to his wife, Eileen, he says, oh, hey, Pastor Dave, when he was here last, last time, he spoke to the man next door. He spoke about Jesus and his faith. The man's faith would be in strength and encouraged. I find out, and I love this about the Lord, the things that are not temporal but are, are eternal. And so here, even as this man of God needed encouragement just before he would die, I found out today he did die that very either that night because the body was being taken out when she was there the next day. So he, there was a very good chance that I was the very last person that spoke to this man. Because it, it is the heart of God that, that we would be ready to go. And so when it comes to the things that are temporal, the things of, of, of the physical, you know, a meal. How many, hey, I enjoy a good meal. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, the guys going out tonight after. Hey, I, I enjoy eating. I enjoy fellowshipping. I enjoy it. But it is temporal. We need to eat. Every day, it seems, and if we miss a day or two, like, we, we start to feel it. We recognize, oh, I haven't had anything to eat for a few days now. But it's temporal. And when it, when it comes to the things of eternal, when we do face death, it's, there, it's a point of, you know what, the temporal things, the things I depended on, and they're not there for me now, they're not that important. How much money I have in the bank is not that important. But the eternal suddenly becomes way more important that there would be a grabbing a hold of Jesus Christ. And the Lord allowed for that to happen with this man, that he could be encouraged about his faith. That his faith could be encouraged, the timing of it, the, the unctioning. I, I didn't know he was there. I didn't know. Curtains were drawn. Hey, can you come talk to me? Are you a pastor? Can you come talk to me? I just thank the Lord when it comes to that which is eternal. And here they are quarreling among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Talk about, yeah, you need to take Jesus in. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. There it is again. As we take in, why do we have communion? It's so that there's a remembrance of what he did for us on the cross. It is talking about, he is talking about the fact that his body would be broken and his blood would be shed for us. And it is talking about the fact that in him and through him, we have life eternal. The other things of this world and of this life will pass. But that and the decision we make, that one decision, will bring us to a place of eternity. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Listen, we need that sustaining daily, not just when facing death. We need to be sustained daily, physically by food, but way more spiritually. And you say, well, what is the food that we should be eating? What should we be drinking? His body and his blood shed for us, broken for us and shed for us, is what we need to be drinking. I'm not talking about having communion every day. It's not what I'm talking about going through some ritual. I am talking about the aspect of faith. Those that believe, as we believe, 
He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me. We are protected in him. I just heard about a pastor that was in jail in the States. He had come leaving his country because of persecution, had come to, to uh, America and was incarcerated for, I don't know, 450 days for, for preaching the gospel. was like, seriously? That we would abide in him. And, and he was sharing, this man was sharing how, you know what? There was an opportunity to share Jesus in the, the prisons. In the prison, the, the, the place that he was at. And he was sharing Christ. And there's ministering and there's a work done in, 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 while he was in jail. Not to say it was easy, but he ministered life. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. I'm saying to you, our faith in Jesus Christ daily will sustain us, will sustain you. On this side already, of this side of heaven, we have life in and through Jesus Christ where our faith is in. It says we abide in Jesus when we take that in by faith. His body broken and his blood shed for us. It's just a statement of faith. I recognize what you did for me on the cross. Hallelujah. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, to his disciples, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before to go back to heaven? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So the impact of the spirit in our lives when it comes to the temporal to the physical does not profit us anything man you could eat sumptuously every single day and have it made it profits you nothing when it comes to eternity and even on this side of heaven already the words that i speak to you are spirit and they are life but there are some of you who do not believe, for Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. So the invitation is to every single person to have eternity with God. And it is up to the individual, even as the invitation goes out to every single person. The invitation is there. They have a choice to make, to receive God or not. It says, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. I'm saying we need to examine ourselves. What is my faith in? Is my faith in Jesus Christ, his body broken and his blood shed for us, his sacrifice on the cross, is that what my faith is in? Ephesians 2.17 says, and he, Jesus, came and preached peace. To you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to the Father, through Jesus Christ. Whether we are close or far from him, there's a preaching that comes out to us and we have a choice. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? 
And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Even amongst his midst, even in his midst, we know Judas Iscariot was going for the temporal. He wasn't going for the spiritual. Jesus, the bread of life, affecting our past, our present, and our future and eternity. Let me say about the past. All of our sins forgiven by his broken body and shed blood. Forgiven. 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 Just say, thank you, Lord. It's all been taken care of. The books, when they are opened, my name is written in the book of life. Everything has been taken care of by who he is and what he did for me on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. That is where my faith is at. I am in him. Hallelujah. So, the choices to each and every one regarding the offer of the Father to us of his Son. Do you believe? Do you believe my Son? It is a difference between life on this side of heaven already versus death. It is a difference between a direction and an eternity. Where are we going to spend eternity? In heaven or in hell? Are we going to be with God? Or are we going to be apart from God? And we can already be together with him. We can already have a life now. We can already have heaven beginning here on earth in Jesus Christ and our faith in him. As we believe and we take in the bread that came from above. We eat his flesh. We drink his blood. It's about I believe in you. I take you into my life, into my existence, into my being. Just like we would take in food. Lord, I take it for sustenance. I take you in to my life. I hang on to you for my sustenance and for my life and for my, my, my past, my present, my future, for my eternity. Hallelujah. I just want to end off with this passage in John 14. And we know the love of God that's extended to everyone. That he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that we believe, that we would believe. Whoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And this is what Jesus spoke to his disciples just before he died. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. The Lord wants us to be with him. He's preparing a place for us. He's coming again for us to receive us to himself and to be with him for all eternity. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To have life, it is only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God for salvation. For the religious and for the intellectual, Jesus Christ 
is the way, the truth, and the life. Don't be ashamed. There's a power in the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Can we stand together? Hallelujah. Once again, so good to have so many of you out here tonight on a Wednesday night. Love you guys. Appreciate you guys. And uh, I just, I thank you for your heart. Just, I need to hear the word of God. I need to be encouraged in the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we just, we thank you for your, your word tonight. Lord, to have a glimpse of heaven and, and what it is like. And Lord, that we can already have life on this side of heaven, to have our sins forgiven. The past, Lord, that we would say, you know what, I want to keep hidden. And I'm so ashamed and, of, of the things of the past. And Lord, you wash us and you cleanse us by your blood. Even as we say, Lord, forgive me. Yes, I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. And Lord, you forgive us of, your, of our sins. And Lord, we thank you that you take care of the present. Lord, even as the past is taken care of, Lord, the present, that there's a sustaining of the things of the present. And it's all in you, that we are in you. Lord, even as you would take you in, into ourselves, Lord, we are within you and you are in the Father. And we just thank you, Lord. There's a, 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 this enveloping of us to keep us. And Lord, I pray that there would not ever be a, a, a saying, I, well, Lord, I'm done with you to walk away. But Lord, that we would continue to be sustained daily by our faith in the bread, the bread that came from above. Lord, in you who came to give us life. And so, Lord, let it sustain us today and tomorrow and the next day. And the next, until your return, Lord, whether you call us home or whether the trumpet sounds, whatever it may be, Lord, that we would continue on in you. Lord, having life in you now and for all eternity. Lord, I just pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, for those that have wandered away, those that are, are wayward, those that are, are rejecting you or, or uh, uh, Lord, disappointed or, or, Lord, they've been looking at their... Uh, life through a lens of the temporal and the physical, Lord, and they're recognizing, man, uh, I'm struggling here. Lord, even those that are, are, are being sustained physically, Lord, they recognize, man, there's got to be more to life than this. And Lord, we know that the life that we have is in you and through you. So, Lord, I pray that those that don't know you will come to know you. Those that have walked away from you will come, that there would be a returning to you in Jesus' name. Lord, thank you for the life you've given us that we would go out. Lord, we would bring life to others in speaking of you and what you did for, for us on the cross to bring us life. You are life in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. God. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.